Well, welcome back. It's nice to have you joining us here. This is the Horus with your hosts, Kevin and Walter. Introducing Walter today, because <laughs> last episode he made a big stink about having to introduce himself. Walter, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Kevin. It's, it's did so I get great the, to be here. Great to see you. Did I heat your self-introductory milk up to the right temperature? It's not too it's, hot for you? Perfect. Chef's kiss. <laughs> I appreciate it. I, I will sleep as soundly as my own little babe tonight. So I don't I don't have any kids. Do you actually heat the milk up on a stove and like or a microwave and you have to check it for the temperature or? Uh, uh yeah, we had a bottle warmer when uh, when our babe was on uh, bottles. Uh, it's a special thing, but yeah, you would have to like kind of put it in boiling water to heat it up because a lot of times it's. Uh, my thought oh, this is already gonna be awful for our fans, but my wife breastfed and so she would save some milk in the uh freezer. Yeah. And so she you have pumped. to melt it down. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I've just I've like I said, I don't have any kids. I've always wondered about that. Because I imagine cold stuff probably does upset their stomach. Yeah, at, at that age you you wanna keep it warm and just because you know, they don't I don't know a lot of stuff. <laughs> something, put something cold in the mouth, but like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> something I found out recently from a friend that just had a baby is babies are colorblind at birth. Did you know that? Kids don't see uh, any colors. I knew their yeah their their vision is pretty much dog shit. Like they can crazy. They can basically see from your chest to your face. That's why breastfeeding is so important, mm-hmm. or can be so important if you're still a mother if you feed your baby with a bottle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're. They have really, really limited eyesight uh, when they're first born, and, and yeah, colorblind. Something, something I relate this to is dogs. Dogs are born with their eyes closed, and they open their eyes for like two weeks. So I thought that was kind of interesting because dog, yeah, dog eyes aren't fully fit, fully developed by the time they're born. So that's why they have their eyes closed so they can finish developing them. And this all ties into the movie we're discussing this week. The movie is Sensor. Mm-hmm. A movie about British film censors who are trying to get society to not see bad things. See? See Held how it. I tied that together? Nailed it. I'm the king of segues. I, I appreciate your work. I, I could see you stepping up to the plate and I just I stood back. I let it happen. <laughs> I just I, I'm these our listeners aren't as lucky as me. I get to see the craft as it comes. Like you just hear it. I get to see his face whole change, he gets serious. The wheels turning in my head. Yeah. I used to be <clears throat> I used to be really good at if someone gave me an acronym, I could always find a way to make it offensive in like what <laughs> the acronym stood for. But that was that was twenty twelve, Kevin. That's not twenty twenty one, Kevin. <laughs> your, your mind has dulled <laughs> since then. <laughs> no longer sharp. Well I mean th- that style of humor is just gone gone no, out I of style. Something. It's just it's just like uh like we talked about last episode, Cinema Sins. CinemaSins, when it first came out and was on YouTube, that was like, if you were an edgy young boy, that was like the style film critique to do. And now it's like something you make fun of. And everyone wants to be red letter media. Yeah. More more thoughtful stuff. I, yeah. I I discovered CinemaSins way later in life. And was, and like the first one I watched was for a movie that I really hated. So I was like, yeah, I want to hear all the bad things about this movie. And then about five minutes and I was like, oh, this is all this is? Just... It's kind of nitpicky stuff. We should stop shooting. <laughs> well, something, something, something we've talked about uh, earlier in the podcast is I really, I think it's easy to find stuff that's bad and just like dump on it the whole time and like make it absolutely. funny. And if so you're I, for it, absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I really, it's something that like I know some uh, content creators do. I know Red Letter Media is famous for doing that. But I do think that if you don't enjoy it, it really is not fun. And I think it yeah. does make you kind of like a bitter critic, which is something that I, I don't, I actually don't like uh, Red Letter Media. I don't think they're funny. But I do I, appreciate I I do appreciate that you can tell that they really enjoy watching shitty movies. They're like, this is yeah. a fun hobby for them. Just like I think you and I enjoy watching mediocre movies and hyping them <laughs> up is great. <laughs> Event Horizon, anyone? We got <laughs> that, when, when's the sequel coming out? That movie's a banger. I made a joke about that to some people recently, and uh, their take on the movie was way different than ours. They're like, oh, yeah. oh, that movie sucked. They're like, it was really gory and scary, but the movie sucked. And I was just like, well, I'm going to hold I mean, my peace. Yeah. <laughs> I, rec- I recognize this is Thanksgiving. I'm with friends and family. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go berserk. I'm going to flip the table here, but you are wrong, sir. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah I, it's, it's gory and scary, but that's definitely what it's trying to do. Imagine... So. Imagine hearing about the Thanksgiving dinner that got ruined over Event Horizon. <laughs> Everyone else is talking about like, oh man, my uncle's like a crazy QAnon COVID conspiracy guy. And you're like, my uncle flipped his shit because somebody said Event Horizon was bad. <laughs> so anyways, let's get on to yeah. Censor. This was uh, your pick. You got two in a row. Okay. And I had never heard of this movie before. It, it just came out this year. I, I'd only heard some rumblings about it, and I, I, I didn't know anything about it, just that I, I heard that it was pretty good. And so, my, so I, I kind of just was in, back into a corner and uh, picked at random. My new favorite question to ask is, yeah. why did you pick this movie? It kind of seems like you just answered that question. with just You'd heard about it randomly, and it just sounded yeah, good. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember where I heard about it. I think I just saw it on the list of, like, new horror check out this year and uh it, it was just sort of fresh in my mind when you asked me what what to pick and i looked at my list of movies and there's like none of this is speaking to me oh hey there's that movie censor i think this is your second british movie you've picked oh is it yeah saint maud yeah. saint maud oh that's right yeah so uh i'd never heard of this movie either and i almost got the wrong copy of it because there's another movie named censor but oh, i i made sure to double check because i Looked through my notes. is like, he said the 2021 version of it. He said it was a new movie. So I got the right one. Okay. And do you want to give an overall opinion now, or do you want to save that till later? Uh, I mean, I, I think it will become pretty clear. Uh, sure. For me. I, well, I don't know. This is a movie I, I kind of need to, to work out in the discussion. I, overall, <laughs> I liked it, but it, it left me a little cold. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't completely sold on it. How, how how did it fare with you? I had nothing but positive things to say about this movie the whole way through. The only the only thing that I did not like was the kind of twist ending. I, th- I think that was the only thing that I was just kind of like, eh. But yeah. I feel like in the movie, they do a good job building up to it. I feel like it's very consistent with the kind of world the film lives in. So I don't think it was bad. For yeah. that, I think that some of the scenes where they kind of lost me were the flashback scenes. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think there's one in particular about halfway through the film that I just didn't care for. But overall, I would give the movie like... This movie is easily a three three 3.5 out of 5 for me. I would okay. say I could probably justify giving it a 4 out of 5 and saying this is like, you know, markedly above average. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I that's about where I'd put it too. 
I, I really enjoyed this movie. And I mean, something that jumped out at me right away was I loved the the four by three aspect ratio they used any time they were watching a movie in the movie. Because mm-hmm. yeah. this movie is supposed to be set in the 80s when Great Britain was actually having like a real panic about like gore and film. Yeah. You know, the United States had uh, satanic panic with D&D, heavy metal and video games. And in Great Britain, it also included vi- you know video nasties, as they called them. Yeah, they yeah they were banning a lot of videos. Like it was illegal to get your hands on it because like they thought they, it was corrupting society. So I, I, I wanna, re- really quickly, uh, just you're such a deadpan guy. Before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit, and you mentioned my shitty picks. I thought for sure you were going to come in hot against this movie. <laughs> yeah, I might. <laughs> you have caught me off guard, sir. <laughs> I might include some of the kind of pre-show banter uh, in here, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I feel like this movie was, I walked into it with really low expectations after 30 days mm. of night. Because it's like 30 days of night, like like we said in that episode, it's, re- it's really not a bad movie. Yeah. But I did not expect I, to enjoy this movie as much as I did. 30 days of night, I think, is enjoyable for different reasons than this one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this one, like, it's definitely a different kind of movie. And this one, like I said in the 30 Days of Night interview, this one's like an hour and a half long, and it's tight. There really isn't yeah. a lot of wasted time in the script. Yeah. I think it's under an hour. I think it's like just over 80. It is it's breezy. Yeah, it, it, I, it, it just quick. it blows me away how well-made this movie is in a lot of ways. I think there was only a couple scenes that was just like, uh, you know, the lighting doesn't work or makeup doesn't work in this. But, I mean, right away, like I said, we get the 4 by 3 ratio for the movie in the movie like something that very clearly like represents the time versus the kind of 16 by 9 that a lot of film uh, films are in now i like the really cheesy i think they call it by lighting where you have like a strong color contrast between the two people like to do like orange and teal or blue and red so i really like that by lighting we got and i think the dialogue in the beginning like is great i think it really sets the tone for like how the dialogue is going to be working for the rest of the movie yeah, it is very striking at the beginning, and it it was it's definitely a movie that drew me in, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know uh, it didn't quite carry me all the way to the end, but it's uh, the setup is very intriguing, and I really like um oh shit what's the main character's name e- Eden Enid Enid e- Enid there we go Enid uh like I feel like we get a good kind of like she's sort of closed off emotionally, but I still feel like we get a good understanding of her character just in those early scenes. I like how every episode, one of us is being a boomer about the names of characters. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. We always, we alternate it too. So yeah, it's, it's, it's got to keep our listeners on their toes. <laughs> we're old. If you can't tell we're, we're so, old men. So guys, I have a baby. It's, it's just, all my brain juice is leaking out. So something else that was fun was I like the kind of, uh, I don't. I don't want to call it the the credits crawl, but I mean, I like the opening credit scene where we get like the yeah. the information about the video nasties and they're like doing a lot of the world building while they're displaying the credits with the kind of news voiceover that we're getting the news clip voiceover. I yeah. thought that was really fun, but I'm I'm and, always and a sucker for that kind of content. I like that a lot too, and I like how they like were cutting in these really graphic scenes, like the kind of the examples of scenes that like would be flagged as uh, some that. Cloth has a video nasty, and it kind of kind of made me want to figure out and watch all of those movies. Like it's just I I have a note in here. What are video nasties? And I meant to look it up, but I just I didn't get around to doing it. 
it's the end of the semester for me. So I'm, I'm a busy yeah. person. <laughs> so Look, guys, we, we both got a lot on our plate, but I, I do agree with you that a lot of these I think would be fun to watch. It's just like you put it on, you sit on the couch with some buddies and you, you know, watch it roast a little bit, have fun with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, how do you feel about the, those old kind of like cheesy practical gore effects? I don't know if we ever really talked about that. Boy, I like them a lot more than the new CGI blood. Yeah. Something something that I really don't like about the John Wick movies is the CGI blood. It just feels yeah. cartoonish. It feels cartoonish in a way that the practical effects squibs just don't. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I definitely get it. it. It has obviously more of a weight in the world mm-hmm. and feels more realistic. But uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely... Uh, a big fan of kind of old style practical effects and even like cheesy looking gory. Like you have to squint to even think that's still a human being on screen. Yeah. I, I, apart. I think the things film needs to bring back one mm-hmm. sex scenes got to come back. Oh, oh, two, two. Once again, you've thrown me for a loop, sir. Two practical <laughs> violence effects. I think also need to come back three, Return to tradition. Give me an hour and a half long movie. I like yeah. two. If a movie's two hours, it's a stretch. If a movie's three hours, I'm pausing it. I got to take a break. I yeah. got to walk up and walk away because it's like very hard to have a movie that's that long that's good. Well, I shouldn't say that long and good, but it's that long and it feels like there's no kind of dull moments because as soon as you hit those dull moments, two hours in, it's just like, all right, I'm taking a break. Uh, yeah, I, I think there are definitely movies out there that can like hit the pace where it's engaging and engrossing throughout a, a two plus hour runtime, but it's a rare thing to, to So you don't agree with my other two points that movies, we got to bring back sex scenes in movies. I, I first want to say uh, that if, if I can, I can get you there for two of your points. Like if you're just interested in sex scenes in short movies, let me tell you about a little something called. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I my... you're going to really like it. <laughs> So my kind of feeling on it is, is it feels like actors have never been as attractive as they have been until now. Like, I feel like we live in an era where a lot of our Hollywood stars, because of how good makeup is now, how good special effects are, like tuning up faces, how much we know about like nutrition and exercise, like, you know, the kind of leading men of Marvel are chiseled. They're huge. They're they're They're, Greek gods. They're all clearly on steroids as well. (laughs) And it's just like... But you don't see like any romantic interests in them, and it's the same with the the leading ladies of film. It feels like we really just don't see a lot of like actual romance in film, and we don't see it like culminating into anything. And we just again a boomer take, but we live in this time where a lot of people feel like they're isolated, and there's a lot of news about like you know marriage rates going down, people even dating, like the rates of dating going down, or even casual sex going down, and it's like. I wonder how much of this is somewhat tied to like the just kind of lack of romance that we're seeing in blockbuster films. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's definitely kind of uh, in American movies, like we, we tend to be more squeamish for, or, uh, you know, a very general uh, statement I'm about to make more squeamish towards like sexual scenes. Like that's more likely to earn an R rating than violence is, mm-hmm. which is fucking crazy. Yeah, and like in really weird. In, yeah, in England, like you can get away with a lot more like language and nudity and and sex and things like that, but the violence is is way down. So it, it's just it, it is a I, I see what you're saying. It's a weird priority uh, in 
kind of recent filmmaking that we've we've downplayed, uh, like gradually downplayed that that part of uh, storytelling. Um, that and speaking of long movies and sex scenes, have you seen? Uh, I watched this recently, The Handmaiden. Yeah, it's uh, the Korean movie. Part, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was all about that movie. Movies. Yeah, so yeah. that's my favorite director. And I I really like that movie. And I I remember recommending it to you a bunch when it came out. But I think this is when you were still very anti-foreign film. Oh, it's been on my list for a while. I think I just never got around to it. Okay. Also, time out. (laughs) Not anti-foreign film. Um, This is... you you like only recommend foreign films. You you have a disdain for American cinema. See, he and says you're always like, here's a here's a three hour long movie that you have to read. He says he says this, but the guy who's picked foreign movies so far, I've only picked homegrown, filmed in the USA productions. <laughs> Meanwhile, Walter over here can't get enough of these you know hoity toity European films. Yeah, and and our our first pick was. Uh... Fuck, I forgot what it's called already, but it was uh, Korean uh, movie Green as well. Yeah. yeah. How the um, tables have turned. Yeah. But the, yeah, I, I was just going to say the handmaiden, uh, I watched the director's cut of that and holy shit, those sex scenes go on forever. Yeah. And I, 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 I want to say someone said that porn is illegal in South Korea. And so this movie oh, is also that. kind of like a commentary on that, that it's like you can have explicit sex scenes as long as you say it's a movie and not porn. I don't know mm, if that's, that's true. Um, yeah. I, that's one of those things that feels like it's not true. It feels like it's someone like making a really boring critique of something that they don't know anything about. But man, I really like that movie. That's such a good I, movie. I thought it was a fantastic yeah. movie. I, I liked it a lot. Go into that movie not knowing anything about it. Yep. Because uh, I did not know any of the twists in it, and it's great. Uh, just know that it's going to be like two and a half hours, but yep. it's it's totally worth it. For sure. For sure. And Holy shit, let's get back to censor. Yeah, something something I noticed kind of right away in this film is it seems like Enid is kind of the most engaged in conversation when she's watching and discussing mm-hmm. video nasties. Yeah, she it, seems to be the only one like taking her job seriously. Well, it or, just it, or is not burned out by it at, the, at that point. Well, it feels like when she talks with other people, she's just more so much more engaged when she's like discussing these films or watching them. Mm, oh, I see what you're saying. Than, yeah. than when she's like talking about her missing sister, you know? Yeah. Which man, her parents take her to a restaurant to show her the death certificate of her missing sister. This is not a public conversation, yeah, guys. That was so weird. You though. do this at home before the restaurant. That was that was one of the few scenes I was just like, this scene doesn't work. This I, yeah. I don't like this. But I did think that overall the dialogue in that scene did feel good. I like that she was shocked. I like yeah. that we get kind of a nice juxtaposition of her watching video nasties and seeming so engrossed and then she gets to conversation with her parents and she's like yeah yeah uh-huh. cool like she just felt like an angsty teen at, mm-hmm. at thanksgiving dinner <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on come on down our little day trader what are you doing up there at your computer you know <laughs> so i uh liked her parents i think the casting for them was good i think the yeah. acting from them was good i liked her coworkers a lot Mm-hmm. Something else I noticed is they fucking nailed the costumes for this movie. These outfits, oh, yeah. the outfits and the hair are so believable for this being a film set in the eighties. Yeah, it's it, it's a great like clearly they're they're working on a budget with this movie, but like they put it in just the right places. Like I, there's a feeling for it. I couldn't find the budget for this movie, but I want to say mm-hmm. that this movie in theaters has made less than a million. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, <clears throat> so, you know. Something else uh, I thought was good was uh, the scenes with the journalists. Uh, I like how yeah. it's just they don't go out of their way to make the journalists seem like good people. They just show no, them yeah. harassing Enid when they she's trying to do her job. Her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that moment, like, really, that's where it clicked for me. Like, I really felt for Enid. Like, I yep. can't imagine how, like, oppressive and terrible that feeling. Like, she's clearly a person who wants to be under the radar and, and like, not have this much attention on her. And well, just have that wall of flashing lights. <clears throat> and it just, it, it captures the era so well of mm-hmm. people freaking out and like blaming stuff. Cause it's like, if you, if you ever read about any of this stuff for the satanic panic, like it is yeah. wild that some of the people who were found uh, innocent in these trials that, that happened then still had their life ruined. And some of them went on to commit suicide. Cause like there was no path forward for them. And it's something yeah. that I wonder kind of what the modern version of the same thing is going to be when it's, you know, 2050. And we look back and like, damn in, in 2021, you know, uh, this person got an unfair shake at life. Yeah. Cause it does feel like these things kind of go cyclical and it feels like watching this movie, it really does like make you wonder what the sensational thing you're getting fed now from, from whatever media you consume is. Yeah. It's, it's going to be weird to see what my, uh, my child shames me for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I dread that. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's the one thing. The one thing millennials like us desperately want is for Zoomers to think we're cool. It's it's not going to happen. I just, but but it might. But it's not. Um, yeah. Speaking of people that were not cool, the film producer she gets introduced it. to. Uh, it. Everyone applaud. <laughs> they do such a good yeah. job, like just casting like the creepy film producer that gets introduced with Enid and his dialogue. Like it feels like what you would see in a, this is, you know, don't sexually harass your coworkers. Right, video. Yeah. <laughs> like the way over the top, like super direct. Uh, like, I mean, it's probably, there were probably were guys talking about that, talking like that in the eighties oh, yeah. and nineties and until pretty recently. Um, but yeah, he, he does such a good job of coming off like such a creep. Yeah. Um, do you recognize that actor? No. Mm-mm. Uh, he's he's name is Mike Smiley. He's in a ton of British stuff, but um, he was in the movie Kill List, which is one of our lost episodes. Oh yeah, he's, he's the partner in that movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. I actually remember liking that one. That one was pretty solid. That was the uh, this art students, right? Or no? I know no. it was the the hitman. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So, anyways, moving on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something I thought was fun, too, was when she's watching that uh, film that kind of triggers her into having all the flashbacks, yeah. is that there is a nice subtle change in the projector lighting of, I think the lighting is red when she's watching yeah. something that's setting her off. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. That was just like such a nice little flourish on this film. Yeah, I I, I think it's supposed to be like blood is happening on the on the image, mm-hmm. like I mean, on the in the movie. But it, it is a really beautiful shot where it just it looks like it's coming down through the light. I know exactly what shot you're talking about. I thought it was great too. Um, I really like that scene where she's watching. Uh, I think it's "Don't Go in the Church," it's the yep. movie within the movie. And I feel like we've gotten like just enough. We've seen just enough of her past at that point to like know why this is like hitting her this way, why it's setting her off. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's like things haven't been like spelled out for us. It just we get really it's it's a feeling that we get more than just like hitting us over the head. Like this is exactly what happened to her. It's like oh she's it's, this is triggering memories in her, in in such a way that we we can like piece together through clues. So one of the few scenes that I didn't like in this movie happens around this time marker as well. So about 35 minutes in, there's a jump scare with her mom screaming. Oh, it, yeah. It just didn't work. It's something yeah. that, I mean, it did give me a jump scare. I can't think of another way to yeah, say yeah. it. But it's like it just felt so out of place in this movie that's like overall pretty self-serious to throw in something like that. Yeah, it, I mean, it was startling, but yeah, it does feel like... I mean, on, on the whole, jump scares tend to be kind of, I mean, kind of be kind of cheap. Yeah. Um, but it for it, it just doesn't match the tone of this movie. Mm -hmm. It feels very odd. And, and, and mo like, it didn't really, like, change my mood or anything. Yep. It, it doesn't really, like, it doesn't off-put me for the rest of the movie. So it, it seems weird. One of the one of the next scenes we get is one of my favorite in the entire movie. When she goes to rent a movie. Yes. And it's like, you know, she has to like be like, hey, what do you got underneath the counter? And I know you got banned videos under there. Yeah. And it's just like uh, cool how her filmmaking knowledge comes in handy. And it's like set up like yeah. a drug buy. I mean, yeah. yeah. And this is. I, go ahead. I, I was going to say I like that scene a lot. Uh, I like the like punk girl who goes in there uh, to drop off a movie beforehand. I was like, oh, man. You could have been cool just watching like shitty horror movies. There's a period of time where like that was the cool thing to do. Ah, uh, I was I, born too late. I one of my notes is uh, this is the era all film nerds wish we lived in. <laughs> yeah, where it's like the coolest thing you could have been as a guy who's seen a bunch of movies. Yeah, <laughs> now no one gives a shit. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, now yeah, you're, I, now you're the weird guy at work if you're just like <laughs> uh, I like to watch movies and you, you're not like talking about whatever the blockbuster hits are. Right, you're talking about the extensive sex scenes in The Handmaiden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I I also like the when the guy uh, the clerk finally hands over the tape. He says that someone's taped over the end with another film. I was like, this is trash. Then what are you giving me this for? Yeah, like I said, I just I thought that whole scene was like a fun little like call out to like purchasing drugs and yeah. you know what society would be like if there were like an extensive list of banned films. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and like you said, I, I like that she can like turn her extensive knowledge to like her benefit of it because like she is she does believe before that point like she's doing good work. She's like protecting the public mm -hmm. and all the things with like the media and the this killer that's playing uh, that has blamed a movie for his actions and all that stuff. It, uh, whoa, lost my train of thought. Gonna take that again. Uh, <laughs> fuck, I'm gonna have to cut this part out. I'm sorry. No, 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 it's okay. It's, I, I was picking up what you were laying down. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Move past it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that her acting like really seals the deal on, her character I, I mean i know that's kind of like a dumb a boring take to have but it's like yeah the way the way her character is written and the way the actress is able to portray the character really really work i was taking enid seriously and like her her little investigation she was running into trying to meet this director seriously yeah. you know i was invested in her story at this point in the film yeah i i think she was the the actress did a really really strong drawing i foolish she forgot to look up her name beforehand but i forgot the character's name too so the only 
And the only thing I, like I said, the only things I really didn't like in this film were some of the flashback scenes. There's another one about 47 minutes in that I just, it, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I wish I had written down better notes as to why I didn't like that scene, but it just didn't work. And I think it's something just the adult actors do such a good job and they're so serious about the role. And then you just yep. go like this juxtaposition with the child actors that it's just hard for kids to be convincing actors. Sure. Yeah. It's it's kind of a one in, one in a million thing that they can, especially in, in, with such like kind of dark and serious material, material like this, it's hard to rest a good performance out of them. Yeah, and I mean, it, it just it, it didn't work. That's, that's my note is, uh, you know, flashback scenes are losing me. Movie is still a solid 7 or 8 out of 10. Yeah. The next scene that I thought was very fun was when she goes to the film producer's house. And it's like he's got all the telltale signs of being like a creepy guy. Like the first thing he does is try to hand her a drink. He's complimenting her looks. Robe. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it just was like such so many great little like tropes to represent, like really seal the deal on him being a creepy dude. And my note here is uh, please don't drink any alcohol he gives you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That dude trades exclusively in movies. Um, and he is so stoked that she has showed up to his door. Like you see on his face, like this is the best case scenario. Like he, this is what he's dreamed of his whole life. Like, I, Oh, it finally happened. I love hard enough. I loved his death scene, by the way. I thought it was very cheesy yeah. and fun that he, mm-hmm. you know, falls backwards onto a statue holding an ax and that's what kills him. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great little moment. Uh, and then yeah, after that, it, we kind of go into the the big finale of the movie. Yeah, where she she meets Fred Douglas. Yeah, stuff gets weird. Did you at what point did you notice the uh, aspect radio ratio had changed? Um, at the end of the film, you know, now that you mention it, I don't have any notes in here where I mentioned oh. <laughs> that the aspect ratio had changed. I, I mentioned it earlier yeah. in the film, and I know that anytime we're kind of watching a movie in a movie scene in this, we get the four three. But I didn't yep. notice. Did it shift from uh, kind of? Yeah, full, I, I didn't really notice until like she was until the director had the camera on her and the light in, in the woods. That like that's when I noticed the box. Oh yeah, but I yeah, went yeah. back. It starts at like uh, it starts when she's like driving over there. It just slowly starts to creep in the mm-hmm. sides of the, the screen until it gets there. So it's like for over like ten minutes, it's just slowly going smaller and smaller like obviously so much that you barely notice it but it, it's a weird thing and like once i realized like it had changed it like shocked me a little bit it was like oh when when has the whole movie been like this hold on yeah i'm, I'm just pulling it up because i wanted to take a look yeah. and see not that i, I don't like it not... starts at like no i'm a fucking liar you should i, I get it i hear i hear what you're saying yeah, because I like I said, I know the movie does use four three a lot. Yeah, I want to say it's like at fifty eight minutes it starts to uh, starts to shrink. Yeah, you're right. It does. We go from like a full widescreen sixteen ten sixteen nine mm-hmm. to the film slowly starting to shrink in and in as she starts to lose more and more of her sanity. It starts about the time she goes to meet Fred Douglas. So you're hundred percent. It's good yeah. eye, good catch. Yeah, it's. I think that's that was a really cool. It, it may seem kind of gimmicky, but I think it works for this movie. And like you said, like they've established that as the, the language for like you're watching the the like movies that they're watching, like mm-hmm. the violent video nasties. 
So like to kind of slowly and then for me suddenly realize like, oh, I'm where we're like within one of the movies now that she's watching. Like, is this is the world around her changing? Is she losing her mind? What is it? One well, what, what we to represent what we get is as soon as she kills Beast Man. Um, yeah. I I have in here that there's a film effect when she kills Beast Man, yeah. and. Uh, you know, just scrubbing through this part of the movie, it looks like that's about when it changes back to kind of the yeah. reality ratio. I think uh, right the when rest the, of the director comes in, it, it just like snaps back. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so my notes around this scene is I really liked all the makeup for all the extra characters we get introduced to here. Uh, the lighting when she meets Fred Douglas is great that he's like backlit. Yeah. You can't see his face. He's kind of this yeah, ominous shadowy figure. Mm-hmm. And I really like his line, horror is already out there in all of us. Mm, yeah. control your dark impulses Enid is clearly unwell is my note that I have there <laughs> yeah and maybe she's method acting you know it's Fred Fred Douglas is a professional he's gonna keep on shooting and something he's else I something else I noticed that was fun was even the movie in a movie uh, was well done that, yeah that was like it's just such a like a little thing to like really take care on this you know throwaway movie in a movie production you're doing to still be good uh, yeah. knowing you're gonna have to do all these really stylistic edits to it and making those edits easier by filming it in a way that like already conveys that style yeah they clearly had to like ape uh, that particular genre of film at the time mm-hmm. and it, it's it is interesting to see them uh like the the acting changes like it comes becomes a little broader a little bigger and like the shot composition is different, the sets look cheesier, and I, I did like like the care that kind of went into making this seem like a really old movie, but still like one. But it would have been easy to just do it like slapdash, super easy. Like it's cheesy, but it does feel like this movie within the movie was made by someone who cares mm-hmm. about the movie. And kind of one of my notes towards the end here is about an hour nine. Uh, I just say another well-produced movie in a movie. Nice twist ending. We clearly got signs Enid was unwell. And so I yeah. do think that is something, like I said in the beginning, I didn't notice them until the end. And then I kind of think back to some scenes and it's like, oh yeah, she has just been driven insane by like watching movies. Yeah. Because e- even the ending sequence we get of her driving home to meet her family and introduce this kidnapped girl to her parents and say like, it's my sister, I found her. Mm-hmm. All of that is a reference to a movie that she picked up in the video store that like has the happy family on the cover in front of their house with like the nice green lawn, blue sky and rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the movies she picks up in the store has that ending shot on the cover of the movie. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, this definitely feels like one that I would pick up a lot more things on uh, a second rewatch. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I was, at the end, I was a little disappointed that it did just kind of feel like it was it was all just her own sanity slipping. Like it, it seems like there's something else deeper going on, and then at the end, it doesn't seem like that. So I, I don't know. It, it, that's what didn't quite click for me, I guess. Mm-hmm. I think on a technical level, this movie works absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, this movie I think is punching well above its weight in like terms of like just visual consistency, you know, costumes, lighting, all, all of the things that help make a film that maybe you don't notice if if they're all working well you shouldn't notice them is kind of the way yeah. i think about it mm-hmm. 
And I think the only thing that was not good were some of the flashbacks. I think the dialogue was great. The length is perfect. I feel like we got <laughs> enough. We got enough of all the characters to really feel invested by the end. Yeah, it's it's a lean lean enough movie. I mean, it's it's mostly just a character study of her for most I, of it. But it's but but the supporting characters like have enough there. I'd be care about them too. I'd be curious to give this a rewatch down the line and see if I notice yeah, any yeah. other things of like. Do we get signs of her being crazy? But I think all of this really was just triggered by the news story coming out, putting all that extra stress on her mm-hmm. and just the films she was watching, mixing with her own kind of lack of memory about her sister's disappearance. Like those yeah. films filling in the gaps, like her finding scenes from films that filled in those gaps. Yeah. I, I guess what it, it felt like in the end, it, the movie was, conveying that like she did go crazy because of watching these movies uh so much and i i looked up a little bit on the director and uh in an interview she mentioned that like she was kind of inspired to make this movie like with the thought of like it was weird that there are censors who watched all these movies but then told you that you couldn't watch these movies Mm -hmm. and how it was kind of hypocritical like that but it's weird to me that like in the end it, it feels like the moral is like, yes, these movies are bad. Like they do, they did corrupt her. They could corrupt the world if it got out. And I don't know, if, I don't know if that's the point they were trying to make, or if I'm reading too much into that. If it's supposed to be more just like Enid was a fundamentally broken person beforehand. I think I think we get signs. Like I said, I think we get signs early on that something's wrong with her because it's like I said, they do a good job of making it seem like she really is invested in these movies when she's watching them. Yeah. In in a way that like we just don't pick it up in her conversations, and even her coworkers make fun of her as being like this really self serious person when it yeah. comes to her job. And so I I do think that that works well. I kind of lost my point on this as well, I think. No, but, I, yeah, I, I get you. So I, I just, it feels like that's how they had kind of set her up, that she was unwell from the beginning. And then, like I said, I think that watching these movies just filled in the gaps in her memory in such a way that it just helped her go insane. I, I don't think that okay. she goes insane from the movies because I feel like if she was doing these killings in reference to a movie, right. um, she would watch, it would have been more explicit about showing us scenes from those movies of her reenacting it versus... yeah. You know, at the end of the movie, she's so kind of lost in her own moment of psychosis that she just thinks she's in a movie. Okay, yeah, I, I definitely see your point there, and I, I, it might be something that I like can pick apart a little bit more on a rewatch and, and sort of come to a what I feel is a more con- clear conclusion for what what they're trying to tell me with it. Mm-hmm. But I think I just like that's that's the best kind of crystallization I can give you of like why this movie didn't quite stick with me. It just like it felt like the message was just a little off, um, but you know maybe it's just because I I watched the like the clips of the gross movies at the beginning. I was like, yeah, I want to see that, and then oh, that person went crazy at the end. Oh, wait, what does that say about me? Mm. Yeah, so um, like I said, I gave this movie three out of five, four out of five. Yeah. I, I think this movie is definitely you know well above average. What would yeah, you I, give this? I, I'm a little hard on it, but I I do I was like engaged with it throughout, uh, and it's I mean uh, any movie that kind of makes me think this much and ponder and kind of work out how I feel about it I think is is worth watching it. 
Um, mm -hmm. I'd probably give it like a, a 3.5 because like we talked about, it is like technically very beautiful, very well made, well performed. Another it just doesn't quite gel for me overall. Another thing to think about along with my three points I think need to come back for movies is <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Uh, a joke I've been making about smoking is I feel like society was more civil when we could smoke in public. <laughs> I, I watched I watched some debates on university campuses from like the 70s where people were talking about Vietnam. Yeah. And it was interesting to see an auditorium full of students while other students were on stage debating like the, the morals and ethics of Vietnam. And just everyone was chain smoking in that auditorium. <laughs> and I was like, I can't imagine. Just did everyone smell like cigarettes in the 70s? Uh, yeah. It must have just been uh, like walking into Silent Hill in there. Just a <laughs> thick cloud in your lungs. Well, something that was funny were the, the folks on stage like really disagreed with each other. But it never at any point got really nasty. Yeah. And the only thing I could think of is like these guys are just like so like so hopped up from smoking cigs they're so relaxed yeah. that like they they don't care at all yeah plus they got the cig in their hand they can't like gesture wildly mm -hmm. yeah it's hard to get drummed up that's that's something i noticed in this movie a lot of cigarette smoking a lot of people just disagreeing with each other very civilly about things yeah 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 that's a good point bring it back i'm ready to go pick up a pack now <laughs> you got a baby <laughs> so yeah sensor good movie definitely worth watching yeah. I would. Uh, I don't. I don't know how we would measure if we would survive or not. Um, I would have been one of her coworkers that thought she was like yeah. cool, but didn't want to be super friendly with her. I'd be like, you know, Ina does a good job. Yeah, we and, we would have been that coworker that like tries to casually ask her out for drinks, and she just sort of blows him off. I, I think but I would, then, like. Yeah. I Nothing think, bad comes to him. So, well, I think I would have been the coworker that was like really pushing the boundaries of uh, what what can get approved for films. <laughs> yeah, I'd be you, the you'd the, like keep bringing in your own like copies of South Korean movies. I'd be the like, all right, man. I'd be the bad boy film censor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you want these films censored? I I'm getting a completely different vibe from you, Kevin. <laughs> no, I'd be the I'd be the one that's like. Let, let him watch it yeah <laughs> and he, you die of lung cancer at the age of 35 <laughs> it probably would have been heart failure I, I feel like that yeah. was I feel like when people smoked more you were lucky if you got lung cancer usually it was <laughs> hyper hypertension from nicotine and smoking that took you I think yeah you're just mowing it's, the lawn and your heart explodes turns out smoking real bad for you yeah we are a thought we're, I think I can say our stance on cigarettes on this podcast is we're anti-cigarettes. Yeah, they're, they're pretty gross. If we, I think I've smoked two in my life. If we see our fans with cigarettes in their mouth, we're going to rip them out and snap them in half in front of you. That's right. Slap them right out of your mouths. And then thank you for being listeners. So I guess it's my turn That's right. to pick you, movies. You have one. I, we forgot to chat beforehand. I, I was worried that we were going to spring this on you. Um, do, you, do you have one ready for us, Kevin? One one has come to me in the time yeah. we've been discussing films. I think you're. I think you know what it's going to be. Oh, <laughs> Kevin, you, you say what I think you're about to say. We're watching Blade. So maybe the end of the podcast. We're watching Blade One. We'll work up to three eventually. Okay. But my my pick is going to be Blade One. I watched it this summer and. Yeah, it, it just it's sticking out to me i mean i think just because we mentioned it so much in the last recording and kind of in between recordings 
uh, the blade, the blade Trinity. But I think that that's going to be my pick. So if you want to be in the know for our next podcast, make sure you watch the original Blade film. I for sure thought you were going to just drop Blade Trinity on me and ruin my week. I think you have to watch all three of them to really understand why Blade Trinity is is in the middle (laughs) of the Blade hierarchy. How dare you? All right. I I look forward to this discussion. (laughs) I think you're looking forward to Blade 3. I... I'll commit right now because I like you said Blade One, and in my head of me it was like, well, I could pick Blade Two next week and tell you why you're wrong about it. But you want to just do this? Are we watching the Blade trilogy next three episodes? Yeah, we'll watch the Blade trilogy the next three episodes. All right, we've got that locked in, guys. It's the agreement's been made. <laughs> so check out uh, Blades, uh, the Blade series for Diminish and Return as they continue on down the line. <laughs> And um, if you enjoy this podcast, make sure to give us a like, give us a follow, five stars. You know, every every podcasting platform is different for the kind of positive feedback they collect. But just uh, give us whatever yeah. feedback you can. We'd really appreciate whatever you can it. Do helps because we want to be selling mattresses. That's my dream is to be a Casper sales rep. Gotta get there, guys. Gotta and get there, and we need you. If you want to give us any feedback, we do have a Twitter. It's at the Horus. That's at T H E. H-O-R-R-O-R-I-S-T-S, just like the name of this podcast is how you find it. Rolls us. off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thanks for listening to another episode of The Horus with your hosts, Kevin and Walter. And we will see you back next time to talk about the Blade movies. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>